0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. A few years back, I went to a wedding of an old classmate of mine who was marrying off his first daughter. And you know how these weddings go. Now, the girls, they're great. The women, they basically, quick, they basically know how to keep in touch with everybody from high school. They keep the class reunions going for years and years to come. So they know more or less where everyone's holding from their class as they grow up. The guys aren't really that much into it. So therefore, you know, we don't really have class reunions, we don't bump into each other really in supermarkets, it just doesn't happen much. So where do you get to know really what happened to your friends that you grew up with in high school? Generally, it happens by smahot. So I went to this wedding recently, and because this was an old classmate, as he invited me, he invited the rest of the guys. So sure enough, they put us all on one table. So what started as a wedding turned out as a mini class reunion, which was great. It was great to see these guys. I haven't seen them in almost 20 years. It was amazing. I'm standing there on the table, and every time that door opened, we like your heart skipped a beat, like oh my gosh, I haven't seen this guy in years. Everybody went bald. Everyone put on quite a few more pounds than we've ever expected. The athletes of the old class, they're coming in bent over and hunched, right? I mean, it was like amazing to see the before and after. We could have been a diet commercial, you know, the before and the after. Okay, whatever. But the bottom line is everyone's sitting just looking at each other. And then I found out something incredible. We found out that there's two guys from the old class, my classmates that up until that point, at the age of 35 at that time, they're suffering. There they was suffering. But such a suffering. We found out that one guy at 35 was the only guy in the class that never got married. And we also found out that another guy in the class, 35, was the only guy who married now for almost 14 years without children. These two guys were be'emet, Suffering. Now, it makes things worse when you get to these reunions, slash weddings, because everyone's going around the table, and they're kind of filling everyone else in on where their lives went, and how many kids they have, and what are they doing, and so on and so forth. They skipped over me, by the way. They said, yeah, we know what you're doing. But everybody else, kind of, you know, I was an accountant, I became a lawyer. We're laughing, you know, who would ever think? And ah, You hated this, and you were lousy in math. How did you end up an accountant? You know, the typical high school <laughs> joking around. When it came around to the turn of these two guys, it was like they were hiding under the table. They were so embarrassed. It was hard for him to even say, well, I didn't get married yet, but I'm still looking, so who knows, maybe this year. And then he quickly passes the ball, so to speak, to the next guy sitting next to him. He didn't even want to talk. He didn't want to show his face. It hurt him so much. And sure enough, when we came to the other guy, he says, i married, Baruch Hashem, for 14 years, a wonderful girl, and he's talking about his wife, his wife, his wife, and we understand why. And then he says, maybe I'll be zochet to have children one day. And then quickly he drops the ball to the next guy, not wanting to harp on the focus on him because it's too painful. And everybody on the table, including myself, our hearts went out for these two guys. There was suffering in front of our eyes. And I know they're suffering because I myself... My wife and I, we didn't have kids right away. We had to wait a few years till finally Hashem blessed us with beautiful children. But that pain is unbelievable. It's such an unbelievable pain. You don't want to go out in the public. You don't want to, don't want to bump into people who you know because they might actually ask the question. No. That's the last thing you want to hear. You don't want to go to Brit Mila anymore. You don't want anyone's embalics imbal- anymore. You don't want to say inshallah. You, want to, you don't want to hear that anymore. It hurts. Well, I thought that that was that. Easy come, easy go. We met each other for the first time in 20 years, and we'll probably take another 20 years <laughs> until we see each other again. That's just the way life goes around. However, later on I bumped into one of them and listened to this story. After this wedding that year, the both of them, the one that never got married and the classmate that never had kids, they both went to Israel that year for different reasons. They both got to see two different rabbis, Mikubalim Tzadikim, in different sides of Israel. Randomly. As if, without a clue, not knowing that the other guy was doing the same. And both guys, after comparing notes later on, found out that both rabbis told the two of them the exact same answer. The rabbi turned to him and said... I want you to think back to many years ago while you were growing up in school. Was there maybe somebody that you really bullied? That with your words you really ripped their heart out. You made them cry. You tormented them. Was there somebody over the years that you really hurt them to the extent that they fell into Yehosh? Yeush means that they give up. They surrender on life. They can't take it anymore. Was there anyone that you drove them to such a point of pain that their tears flowed like a river and they had nothing left to live for because of your agony? And these two guys who were told and asked the same question, they're both thinking back. Now, ladies, it's it's, it's 20 years later. That's a tough question to answer 20 years later. They're thinking back. They're thinking back. Each guy is thinking, and between me and you, although they were putting on a show for the rabbi, they told me immediately, the second the rabbi finished his statement, I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I, who was in that class, I also knew exactly who the rabbi was talking about. I knew the guy that brought these two guys in common the one kid that these two guys in high school used to torment and slaughter with their words daily. I remember the drop of a dime. This guy, Hazid. his father passed away when he was young. He only was growing up with his mother and a few sisters. He had no father figure in his life. He lost a piece of him when daddy died. And because of that, the mother had it hard, running the home and the financials and working and keeping a family. And because of that, he wasn't kept well. He had a problem with hygiene. He had a bad smell to him. It made him very pickable. He dressed like a shluch. So again, he was very pickable. He looked like he came to school sometimes in his pajamas. Because his mother was out already in the morning before he woke up. She was already working how many jobs to keep this family going, has he done? And nonetheless, every day this kid would come to school, these two same guys, they would rip into him. Hey, look who's here, the clown from the circus. Wow, buy him a bottle of right Guard. They would kill him every day, every... And the guy would cry. And boys don't cry. Not in high school. They won't let you see it. They might be crying inside. But their pride wouldn't let you see This guy was crying in open. And it came to an extent where a few guys in the class, including myself, we put our foot down and we stopped it. But it went on too long. And the damage was done. This guy's world was shattered. This guy's life was literally shattered. He would go home every night crying and he would beg his mother please don't let me go back to school tomorrow. Send me to public school but don't let me go to school. And she would cry. Look what these guys caused a Yatom to cry an Almanah to cry. They're playing with dynamite. And this guy he literally cried himself to bed at night. These guys knew exactly who the rabbi was talking about. And they understood that the only shot they have at getting their lives back is to try to fix the life that they destroyed. They had to start going now on a witch hunt. How are they going to track down a guy they haven't seen, heard of, or spoken to in 20 years? They started calling everybody, they started from the school. And from the school, they started to the mother's house. And from the mother's house, she finally gave them the number. They tracked down the guy. His wife called. Apparently, he got married. They said to themselves, they don't know how they're going to be received by him. So they're not going to call him in advance. They're just going to show up to his house. And they're going to beg for forgiveness. And by the way, ladies, when the rabbi told them, when you go to him and beg him for forgiveness, a mechila with verbal words will not work. Because you broke him so bad that just to go, just to just to get away from you. I mean, when he looks at you, he's going to shake. The rabbi told him. It's twenty years later. You would expect things to wear off. No, not something so deep, not something so hurtful. When you go to him, you have to have already set a shtar chose shel a document, a contract of forgiveness and when you bring it to him he needs the sign that he was Mochel the two of you and that the Gezera of heaven that's on the two of you should be broken wow they had their work ahead of them, and sure enough one night they came in one late in the evening making sure that he was home and they knocked on the door and this guy answered the door the third classmate, the victim. And these guys told me the story later on when I bumped into him. He said that he just looked at us. He couldn't even get the word of "hi" out of his mouth. He just looked at us and we saw that he started getting unnerved. We saw that the color in his face became suddenly flush. White. And then suddenly he kind of snaps out of it as if to pick up his pride. And he puts on this fake smile. Hi! Haven't seen you guys in years. What are you guys doing here? Come on in. As if, as if, as if, as if. And they said, Well, listen, we'll tell you why we're here. The first guy tells him, I'm 35. I haven't married. The only guy in the class that never got married. The other guy tells him, I'm 35. The only guy in the class who doesn't have kids. We understand why this happened to us. We know. That we made your life miserable. And now Hashem is giving us a taste of our own medicine. We're begging you, please, be mochelas. We have a shtar mechila here that a rabbi from Israel wrote up for each of them. And please, if you could sign for each one of us a shtar mechila, Otherwise, our lives are through. I'm begging you. Are you mochelas? He looks at them. He thinks for a minute. He smiles. And he says, No. I'm not. They said, What? But it's 20 years later. He says, Yeah, I know. It is 20 years later. And he says, For the last 20 years, and probably for the next 20 years, I lived a broken life because of the two of you. You robbed me of my self-confidence. You robbed me of my self-image. How many nights I used to go to sleep crying. I was scared to walk out in public because of what you did to me. Every day, you did a shehita on me, bet Yosef, a bang. Every day, you slaughtered me with your words. You killed me. You made fun of me. You destroyed me. There wasn't a day that I didn't go home crying. You want me to be mochel, you? No way. I'm not mochel. They said, but you got to. We're doomed. Please, you got to do this. He says, No, I'm not Mochelio, and I will not be Mochelio. Ladies, look at this for a moment. Let's just take a breather here. 20 years, you would think that there would be a healing process. You would think time heals, but not at such deep cuts. We don't know what our words do to people. We don't realize that our words are like daggers. And we just shoot them out like arrows. You know, we just shoot them all over the place. And whenever they land, they land. And if it rips someone to pieces, oops! What do you mean, oops? He just destroyed someone's life. These guys thought it was funny. They thought it was entertainment. They thought it was, what's the big deal? Between the boys, a joke. He destroyed a guy forever. Twenty years later, he went out be Mochel. He's still carrying and harboring the pain. Nonetheless... They said, "Okay, we'll offer you a thousand dollars." I heard this from the guy himself, classmate. We'll offer you a thousand dollars. Please give us the mechila. He says, "No." They offered him five thousand dollars. No, I'm not interested. Your money's not going to do it. They offered the ladies up to twenty thousand dollars just for a mechila. They were each going to give ten each. They were begging him, 20 grand, come on! What do you want already? Come on! He said, no way. He said, you destroyed my life. And my life, like any life, is worth more than $20,000. No way. Finally, these two guys saw they're not getting anywhere with him. That's it, they're doomed. Done. They're never going to get out of this gazeraz. It is what it is, that's it. They did the crime, they're serving the time, and that's it. Both of them emotionally broke down crying. As they broke down crying, this guy looks at him and says, that's what I was waiting for. Because that's what you did to me every day. I wanted to see you cry. I went home crying every day because of you. I went to bed at night crying because of you. And I didn't have a father. I he said, why, why would you guys do that to me? He says, now that I see you crying... Now I'm going to give you the mechilah. You know why? Because I'm not going to stoop to the low that you guys did. You are Rotschim. You are both murderers. I'm not a murderer. Just because you destroyed my life, doesn't mean I should destroy yours. I'm not going to do what the terrible thing you did. And with those words, powerful words, he grabbed the pen, and he signed the Shtar Mechilah for both the guy who wasn't married, and the Shtar Mechila for the guy who had no kids. I met, a few years later, which is only two years ago, I met one of the guys on Avenue J, which I never meet this guy, but Shemaim obviously wanted me to meet him. I met this guy on Avenue J, and he was walking, smiling, walking out of a shoe store with his wife. And I said, Mabruk! Mazal Tov! Mazal tov! When did you get married? He says, I'm not married yet. I'm engaged. We're going to be married. I want to send you an invitation. I said, wow, you two of you look great together. He says, yeah, Duby, I want to tell you a story. And he tells me the story I just told you about what happened when they went to the knocking on the guy's door to get the Mechila and how they finally got the Mechila and how only a year and a half after the contract the Mechila was signed, this guy found his zivug and got married at 37 and the other guy had a baby girl two or three years after that. Look at what Shammayim holds of the words that we shoot out like blades and how careful we need to be. These words were meant to build people. They were meant to build worlds. They were meant to inspire people. They were meant to talk to Bore Olam, not to use as an aid and a better to a murder, to a crime. Enjoyed this story? Come again, bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org